0: Welcome to the Cabin Cast, your getaway primer. Hello. Hey, Eric. How's it going?
1: Good. Welcome back.
0: Yeah, another another night in the studio.
1: Yeah, and we uh, have just got done. We took a little break, so we want to thank all our listeners. And there's still people listening out there and catching up on all our. Kind of first, it's not really a season. Where, you know, it's not like episodic that way, but kind of a season of our our first stuff. So people are catching up on that. So we appreciate that, and we're really looking forward to all the stuff coming in the next year.
0: Yeah, we have some great lineups of guests and cabin chats between you and I. We have been collecting stories from our listeners, recommendations for songs, um, favorite recipes articles and our files getting full of fun things to share so
1: yeah we're also collecting lots of questions from people which is fun with all the experts that we've had on we got some really great listener questions we'd like to get some more so if people have questions for real estate experts people uh you know chefs or cooks bartenders people that are really into interior designers interior design lake life All those things, basically anything you want to know, or even if we haven't had a guest on and you want to best way to fillet a fish, we can (laughs) find, you know, a a fishing guide or someone that will help out.
0: Yeah, we'll be that liaison between um, what your questions are and finding the experts, because if you want to know, then there are definitely other people that want to know, too. So and Eric and I want to know.
1: Yeah, we always want to (laughs) know.
0: So, um, yes, thank you so much and keep sending those uh, stories to us and letters about your cabins we got a great one um, to our email and this is from Stacy she's actually a friend of mine on Instagram uh, it's really fun to connect with other cabin owners on social media on Facebook and Instagram and you know that's it's a great way to do that by following the Cabin Cast on social media.
1: What's her Instagram handle?
0: Her Instagram is um, Camp Gilmore. Cool. But her cabin is the Potluck Cabin. Oh, what a great name. Yeah. So that's another thing I'd love to have people share with us are how their cabins got the name they got. Yeah. So, th- And I love the story that Stacy shares. So this is the Potluck Cabin, built in 1940 on Blue Creek, Lake Mitchell, Alabama. My husband and I decided to buy a potluck cabin from his uncle, who has a log cabin next door that he built in the late 70s next to the Blue Creek Marina that he ran for over 30 years. My husband remembers his uncle flying a helicopter and landing at Blue Creek when he purchased the property after returning from Vietnam. Potluck Cabin was the name of my husband's grandparents' cabin on a nearby creek on the same lake. It has sadly since been sold We were in college and not married, and no one else in the family wanted to keep it. That cabin was named Potluck because every weekend when they would go to the lake from their home in Birmingham, lake folks would come and everyone would bring a dish. There was a scrapbook kept from all those years at the original potluck of all the guests. Really cool black and white pictures of everyone skiing and swimming and having a great time. When my husband's uncle purchased the property next door, he affectionately named it Potluck after the cabin that he grew up going to every weekend. The cabin is about 1,500 square feet, all original pine floors, walls, and ceilings. It was added on to in the 1960s, still with pine floors, walls, and ceilings, and has a concrete block basement underneath. The owners had the property and their family since the 1940s, and it was originally a weekend fishing cabin. They both lived there full time at one point. Owner loves plants. He is still on the lake and built a new, bigger house and planted beautiful trees everywhere. My husband remembers playing over there as a child and that they had pet ducks and some pet turtles that they kept in the house. The story goes that the owner left out for Woodstock in his Volkswagen van in 1969 but didn't make it all the way to New York because one of his turtles got sick. (laughs) There is a cool old greenhouse type window on the bottom level where I think some of the turtles may have lived. There is a pier and a boathouse on the property, and during COVID, my husband, my son, and some other workers built a boat lift and a porch and a tiki bar on the top of the boathouse. I think we're going to go visit Stacy. Yeah, that sounds good. They also built an arched bridge going to the top porch that is super cool. I painted the cabinets and moved in some furniture and rugs from our home and made it cozy. I found a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace and Eddie's uncle, brought us lots of old wooden water skis. I'm so excited that our boys have a chance to spend some time at the lake that their great-grandfather started coming to in the 1960s, along with their grandparents that actually met in the 60s at a party on the lake when they were a part of the ski club there. The little cabin needs lots of TLC, but I have a vision and I'm very excited to have such a special getaway. Oh Yeah, and you can see how great her vision is. She has such fun, campy style. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, so well,
1: yeah, we'll I'll check that. Yeah, out Yeah, we'll sure. put a
0: link in for you guys. Can give Stacy a follow, and just the perfect kind of story that we love to hear because that gave me a, some fun ideas. Like bring some potlucks along,
1: yeah, or travel with your turtle,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I keep keep the turtles and a
1: turtle veteran vet in case it goes south, right?
0: Or- yeah. Yeah, and I can't wait to see more of the Tiki Bar in the Boathouse. Yeah,
1: that sounds like an awesome place.
0: Yeah, so thanks for sharing that, Stacey. That's so awesome.
1: Well, we had another listener write in, and one of the things we've loved has been hearing people about making the Cabin Cast part of their tradition now when they head to their getaway. And Michael wrote in, Here's a musical number that I listen to every time I go up north. It's all about going north and how a getaway lets you find yourself. So this is "Going North" by Missy Higgins. She's an Australian singer-songwriter that has enjoyed phenomenal success with her irresistible melodies and arrow through the heart lyrics delivered by a striking voice that clearly means it. Going north. So goodbye for a while. Off to I'm going
0: north. And I
1: want to know the children would go if they
0: never learn to be cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, great, great melody, and you know it. You wonder if things are opposite in Australia, like going north is really like going south to Florida,
0: maybe well, you know what we'll have to um ask one of our Australian followers, yeah,
1: we'll check. I actually studied abroad in Australia and lived there for five months, but I never heard of like going north as a as like a thing like it is kind of here right,
0: or maybe she came and visited America and fell or in love with going north, that. yeah, yeah.
1: Awesome. So if any Australians are out there, we'd love to know if going north is a thing in Australia.
0: And I love that he sent that song in.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Michael, for that recommendation. And that actually brought to mind a brand new song by a, there's a comedian named Charlie Barron's that's on Facebook a lot and does a lot of takes. I think the Man to Walk Minute is his kind of main deal, but he's really, really doing some hilarious things online. And he collaborated with... One of my favorite bands, they're from Stevens Point called Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Their, I think, lead singer or one of their lead singers, Adam Gruel, started a little kind of duet duo called Barons and Gruel, and they just came out with a new album, kind of comedy bluegrass album called Unthawed that's been doing really well on not only the comedy charts, I think at one point... might have been number one or in the top ten for sure, but it was also right up there in the Bluegrass Albums chart. And they have a song on that album called Going Up North. <laughs> well, I'm going up north, cause life's too short for this Midwest American dream. I'm telling you, they're selling you my whole damn life.
0: Well, it ain't
1: everything it seems. So I call up my wife, says we're leaving tonight We grab the food kids, poles and all Cause we're going up north, this life's too short Oh, and don't forget the alcohol Well, I'm going up north Well, I'm going up
0: We may have to start a whole playlist with all songs just about going north or just, on our Spotify yeah, channel, or
1: all directions, you know, in north, oh, yeah. west, east, right? Because there's getaways everywhere.
0: Yeah, I like that idea.
1: Yeah, but check out, absolutely check out their album on thought. It's fantastic. And then Horseshoes and Hand Grenades is a really great band. I think they just had a new whole album come out too. So they sing about life in the Midwest and life in Wisconsin, and really. Really fantastic stuff,
0: and I think we've both seen them live. Yes, and they're a, they're a great band to see live. So. Yeah,
1: they were fixtures for a long time up in in Minoqua, and I think uh, the last time they were at one of the art centers, they kept their following is growing so big. They're they're doing some pretty fantastic venues.
0: Yeah, so it'll be exciting when we can start um, going to concerts again. It'll yeah, be excited. Yeah, to I think hear they're,
1: them. I've been seeing some of them are booking for the end of summer now with. Uh, Hopefully, things opening up. Yeah, that'd be great. And now, a word from our sponsor. The Great Pyramid of Giza, Colossus of Rhodes, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, and Roughing It in Style. All of these equal in history and magnitude, but only one you can visit now. You see, Roughing It in Style may not be ancient, but it's the only wonder that will bring wonder to your world. Ruffing It in Style is your source for interior design, furniture, reclaimed cabinets and decor. They have two stores, one out west in Fort Collins, Colorado, and one up north in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Menominee. Plan your visit today and find out more at ruffingitinstyle.com. What was that? The pyramid still around? Why didn't anyone tell me? Ruffing <clears throat> It in Style a much better place for your furnishing needs than the Great Pyramid of Giza.
0: I also love that my dad is constantly sending me articles about cabins, and it is so exciting to read about um, the history of some cabins and how long they've been around. Cabins have been around for like 400 years, and there are still some of the original, like, old cabins still still here and this is one of um, an article written about the oldest log cabins in America it's from logcabinhub.com and I was going to read just about one of the oldest ones for a second because it's really kind of interesting but I also wanted to kind of go backwards I don't know some people might be where they read the end of a story first and then they start reading the story but um, the summary was kind of cool and then I was going to read about the cabin you may notice a common theme running throughout all of America's oldest log cabins. They were all extremely well-crafted and made from hard wood such as oak and walnut. The majority of them are made from hewn logs, and it's thought that this technique helps to make them more weather-resistant because most of the sapwood is removed, leaving the solid hardwood, which is much less prone to rotting. For those of us who live in log cabins or want to live in log cabins, It's also testament to how long they can last for us, built and maintained properly. And here is one of the oldest ones. It is from 1638. Wow. Nothnangle. I think it's Nothnangle Log House in 1638. And this article, too, we'll link it in our show notes because um, there's some videos of all the cabins, too, that are really cool to look at. This is the oldest log house in America, set just a few feet away from a busy road in Town. The one-bedroom cabin is thought to have been built by Finnish immigrants. It has an asymmetrical fireplace, which is typical of other Scandinavian cabins built during a similar time. The cabin has stood the test of time because it was built with oak, a hardwood. It originally had a dirt floor, but a sturdier floor was put in in 1730. The cabin was built by a family who will have been relatively well off, judging by the size of it. The average size of a cabin during that time period was 12 by 12 feet. So nowadays that's like a bedroom, and it was (laughs) um, that whole cabin. However, Nothengale cabin is 16 by 22 feet. On the sidewall, there are two logs that are removable so that they could be removed during summer to cool the cabin down. Since 1973, Doris and Harry Rink have lived in an 18th century house attached to the cabin. They restored the cabin, and it is now set up as a small museum. Rink told the Times the person who built this was an artist. The cabin is currently for sale for the first time in almost 50 years for $2.9 million. And this article was written in um, on November 27th of 2017. So um, I'm curious what if anybody bought it and what's happening to it.
1: So this is kind of funny because I've done cabins in the news before. Right. right. And I just pulled up this article, so I had this ready for our cabin chat. So this article is from the Middletown Press in their real estate section. Built in 1638, why is the nation's oldest log cabin now offered at a 70% discount?
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So the kind of subtitle is how much would you pay to live in reportedly the oldest log cabin in the United States? You definitely wouldn't pay 2.9 million. Wow. We know that for a fact. So this goes on to say this property, which includes the Nothnagel cabin built in 1638, it debuted with that $2.9 million price tag three years ago, but the price was problematic and the home vanished from the market without a new owner. Now it is available for a much more reasonable eight seventy-five, eight hundred and seventy-five thousand. It's for sale now. And uh longtime owner Doris Rink says it's actually a real bargain at the price it's at now.
0: Interesting. I, I guess it's different for different people, like what price they put on owning history too.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's also funny that they live in a modern house that's from from the eighteen hundreds, you know, connected to the property. Yeah. So something with all the
0: I want to watch this video, too, and get to see more of like the, the inside and what it looks like.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll absolutely link to that as well. But pretty cool story um, in, in South Jersey. And, and one of the facts they don't mention in here is actually the, the cabin build-out that the wealthy family that built it, they paid for it with Bitcoin.
0: They paid for it in what? Bitcoin. What is that?
1: Oh, you don't know what Bitcoin is? No. <laughs> All right, we'll strike that then. <laughs> what is it? Bitcoin's like a digital currency.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That's all the rage right now with all the
0: I'm I'm I live in the Northwoods, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to start earning Bitcoin by like Yeah, so if anyone games? wants
1: to send us any Bitcoin, like I think the price is currently at like twenty three thousand for a bitcoin. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I got another article from my dad that told more about the history of cabins because i was just getting more and more fascinated my cabin was built that i live in was built in 2000 and that seems like a long time ago right now but really it's not and that the history of cabins goes back so far um and this article was written in 2015 and posted on the historyreader.com uh written by Judith Flanders and there's just a few little parts of the article i wanted to read and then people could Go to the link that we'll share in our show notes to read the whole article if they'd like. For the log cabin was first brought to the New World by settlers from Sweden, where it was a traditional housing style. Many settled on the Delaware and around Maryland's Tidewater region, and it is here that the first contemporary references to houses built of logs appear. A court record in 1662 mentions a logged house, and it's spelled L-O-G-E-D-H-O-W-S. While in 1679, a Dutchman recorded a house in what is now New Jersey, built according to the Swedish mode, being nothing else than entirely trees split through the middle and placed in the form of a square upon each other. So it's hard to even think of a time when that would have not been a normal thing to know a house was built that way. Yeah. As with much new world housing, log cabins were regarded at the time as temporary and makeshift. They were built by pioneers with little or no cash out of materials readily at hand. The expectation was that as soon as the crops from a first harvest on newly cleared land were sold, the cabins would be demolished and replaced with timber board houses. It was only in the 1840s that the log cabin myth took definitive form. When William Henry Harrison ran for president in 1840, his opponents mocked his supposedly humble background by sneering that he lived in a log cabin. The Canny Harrison embraced the caricature, and his supporters marched with banners and floats depicting log cabins. Daniel Webster, a longtime politician, couched his endorsement of Harrison in the same terms. I was not myself born in a log cabin, but my elder brothers and sisters were in the cabin, which at the close of the Revolutionary War, my father erected this humble cabin amid the snowdrifts of New England and strove by honest labor to acquire the means for giving to his children a better education and elevating them to a higher condition than his own. It's all there, the frontier, self-sufficiency, the war of independence, social mobility, and, of course, the log cabin. Within a year, the symbol had already made an appearance in literature. Natty Bumpo, the hero of James Fenimore Cooper's leather stocking tales, although raised by Delaware Indians, lives in a rough cabin of logs. With this, the log cabin was well on its way to becoming a symbol of the American spirit. Twenty years later, its resonance only increased with the election of Abraham Lincoln, a real log cabin dweller, to the presidency. The log cabin seeped into the everyday life of 20th century suburban domesticity in 1916 when the production of Lincoln Logs, children's building blocks in the shape of logs, designed by the son of modernist architect Frank Lloyd Wright, and tins of log cabin maple syrup, named in the 1880s for Lincoln's birthplace, bore a picture of a log cabin at least until the 1960s. And that's the best way I can describe my cabin I live in is it's just like living in real Lincoln logs. And my kids love to play with them. Do your kids play with Lincoln logs? Yes. I mean, they're still cool to this day. And I didn't know that they were designed by Frank Lloyd Wright's son.
1: I didn't know that either. That's really, (laughs) isn't that cool? Really cool fact.
0: Yeah. And since 1916, they've been really popular. Um, And maple syrup log cabin, little tins, that's one of the things I love to collect and have at my cabin. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, it's fun to hear all the little history and how it plays into today.
1: Yeah, it's Um, funny. The motivations that they had, you always picture people back in, you know, centuries ago, have like some sort of different motivation, but it's fun to hear it's like they still care about, like, how do I provide a better life for my family and what can I do to get that? And, like, right. the fact of, like, building their own log cabin is a stepping stone to creating a better life and education and kind of path for their children.
0: Right. And to look at it, you know, during that presidential campaign and as, no, I'm not going to be embarrassed by this. I'm going to embrace this. Just and own it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's kind of like how Yankee Doodle Dandy came along. Is it? But yeah. They... It was a, a tune, I think, that the British used to whistle or sing to make fun of the colonials, and they embraced it and made it like their rallying cry. Yeah. And it is great to, you know, just, it's like, oh, yeah, I did have humble background, and that's what makes the fact that I'm able to, you know, I'm a presidential candidate now and I came from a log home. I think that resonates with people.
0: Right. Yeah, and I love to... um how they talk about when things are built with craftsmanship and good materials that they can last and and maintained well while you live in them, they can last a lifetime.
1: Yeah, and it, and it's interesting because we see a lot of pine logs, big pine tree logs, and that they built them out of hardwood and black walnut.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's a great person to have come on the cabin cast too to interview will be um, a a cabin expert who knows like, how do you maintain, what do you need to make sure you're doing? Absolutely. So, um, people can get us their questions that they would have for a cabin expert. Absolutely. We can make sure that those get asked. So we're excited for this next, uh, set of episodes that'll be coming out. We have some fun interviews planned and
1: really great year ahead. So we're working on some fun stuff, some maybe little, uh, events and kind of buildups to the summertime up here and lots of ideas ahead. So thank you again for listening and look for our episodes rolling out.
0: Continue to share us too with others. Share us on your social media that you're loving this podcast. Share it with your family and your friends um, so that it can continue to grow and we can reach more people from all over the country and all over the world. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Cabin Cast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Cabin Cast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, email us at getaway at the Until next week, enjoy the journey.